Okay, welcome back on this Friday. It's Earth Day. And a big part, of course, the federal government's push when it comes to a cleaner environment is getting us all to switch to EVs, electric vehicles. And we've discussed this in the past, that the targets from the federal government over the next uh, 10, 12, 15 years, they're pretty aggressive. And a new report from Stats Can today is casting doubt as to whether or not we can actually get there and meet those targets. Let's get our EV expert in here. Here's Kenneth Porcour, host of the EV Revolution Show on YouTube, who joins us now. Kenneth, good afternoon. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jeff. Good afternoon. Okay, StatsCan looking at new vehicle registrations in the fourth quarter, the last quarter of last year, 2021, and they say EVs made up, Kenneth, roughly 6%. Is that a bit of a surprise, or is that where the industry kind of thought they were right now? I don't think that that's that much of a surprise. Availability for EVs has been a challenge. And of course, um, with Ontario getting rid of their incentive program back in 2018, that really slowed down the progression to EV adoption that we were seeing. But I think we're back on track as far as the desire and the want goes, Jeff. And I think some of those numbers are achievable. All right. Uh, How much more do we need to see uh, Canadians, those in this province, Ontario, starting to adopt EVs then in order, order, sorry, for us, Kenneth, to get to these objectives set out by the government? Well, if you look at the next, the first clip level, which is 20% by 2026, that's about, um, you know, five years from uh, four or five years from now. Um, Last year in 2021, we did about 86, 87,000 electric vehicles in Canada. Um, So, to get to 20%, the average Canadian sales national for uh, cars is about, you know, one, one and a half million to two million. So we'd need to get at about, let's say, 375 to 400,000 EVs a year to hit that 20%. We're almost at 100,000 now. So can we, can we triple that uh, within the next four years? I think we can. I think the challenge, Jeff, is going to be availability. It's going to be supply. So you don't think it's going to be a price and affordability? No, I don't think so. Today, we just got a, uh, another update to the federal uh, EV rebate program, and they talked about increasing the threshold. So they've now raised them to 55000 as the minimum and up to uh, 60000 for some of the higher price vehicles and even up to 70000 So that opens up another half dozen or so models that consumers can buy today that qualify for that $5,000 rebate. So when you factor that uh, price uh, that savings off the, the price purchase price of the vehicle and of course you and i have talked about the the lower operating costs and all the other benefits i think affordability is there too jeff all right but these are some fairly big jumps as you just detailed kenneth i mean end of 2021 six uh, percent roughly new vehicle registrations were evs and as you mentioned yeah that's five years away from the first target at 20 percent. so that's a healthy jump of some maybe 14 percent in ownership and then after that uh, the next signpost the next marker is 2030 in which we need to get to 50 percent and again 2030 sounds futuristic but we're really only talking uh, what about seven seven and a half years yeah, that's right. It's not that uh, long. And uh, Tempest Fugit, we all know time flies, especially as we get older. Uh, yeah, it's either 50 or 60 percent, Jeff. And I think that target is attainable as well, but it's really going to de- be determined by how the OEMs uh, actual, uh, ha- their capability to ramp up and actually how it rolls out. Everybody is on the bandwagon now to produce EVs, GM, Ford, Stellantis. All, everybody is saying they're going to be building millions within the next few years. So we need to see those millions actually happening because uh, I think this wave of adoption will just continue. I don't see uh, fuel prices coming down 
back to historic lows any time in the near future. So I think there's going to be continued to be drivers for people wanting to get into EVs. It's really going to be in how OEMs can actually produce them. All right. How much of a factor will Ontario perhaps reinstating a rebate for EVs play into uh, all of this? Uh, again, Quebec, uh, they get the federal and the provincial rebates, and that's roughly, I think, $12,000, maybe just a little more for uh, those in Quebec that want to purchase an EV. And while $5,000 is great, I, th- I don't think anybody would uh, say thanks, but no thanks to that, Kenneth. 12000 is much better. Oh, it absolutely is. And we had 14000 before uh, the Ford government came in in 2018. So it was very lucrative and we were rolling along in EV adoption. Um, I, I think if the province did come back and even do a price match to add another 5000 I think that would be sufficient. I don't know if we need to see these huge incentives because after all, Jeff, it does come out of taxpayer money. The money isn't falling from the sky, coming from nowhere. So we need to be cognizant of that spending. But the return on the investment on the spend for EV incentives is massively quantified by the emission savings and all the other spinoffs, the benefits that we get from lower emissions, like lower health care costs and all kinds of other stuff. So it's it's an investment worth making. And I think if the provincial government came out with a policy of about 5K to match it, I think that would really help to spur the adoption even more. Okay, let's talk about those emissions a little further here on Earth Day, because the federal environment minister came out uh, yesterday in a statement to the Canadian press and said, quote, switching to an electric vehicle is one of the most impactful things that Canadians can do to help fight climate change. How so? Absolutely is. You know, there are things that we can't control, like how cement is made or how agriculture farming is done in a lot of parts of the world, deforestation, things like that. But what we can control is some of the things we can purchase and do as consumers. And the automobile sector or the transportation sector is one of the largest um, components of greenhouse gas emitters globally. That's a scientific fact. And out of that bracket, consumer transportation, so vehicles that you and I and your listeners Uh, drive each and every day is the biggest part of that transportation sector, somewhere in area at about 20 plus percent. So every tailpipe that we can get rid of and replace that with a zero emission vehicle can have a huge impact. There's a lot that has to happen, but it's one of the few areas that as a consumer, we can actually control and have a very um, high level of impact on greenhouse gas emissions and and the health benefits and everything else that comes with that. Yeah, I've read stats that suggest, Kenneth, that uh, greenhouse gas emissions from road transportation, passenger cars and uh, trucks uh, currently uh, account for or make up uh, more than half of all greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, definitely could be, depending on, I guess, what countries you look at, what studies, but it certainly is a lot. You know, people don't realize we leave our cars idling and they're, they're stop and go traffic. All those greenhouse gases continue to be emitted. And, you know, even when you look at the the life cycle of an EV versus an internal combustion vehicle from being built and and all the resources being mined to the recycling aspect of EVs, they still have a a lower carbon impact through their life cycle than internal combustion vehicles. So it makes a dramatic impact. Remember during the lockdowns, how clean the air was in Toronto. All right. Just finally, uh, Kenneth, before we let you go, I want to ask you about, uh, I feel like somebody has kind of ripped off my great idea here. I I know I threw this out to to you a while back about why don't we just have solar panels on the roof of an EV of a uh, Tesla. And lo and behold, scientists in Australia, they are testing that out, printed solar panels to power a Tesla? 
Well, you, your audience is re, is far and wide because Australians <laughs> are listening to you. Absolutely, they got your idea. Yeah, it's it's more of a awareness project. Uh, a group of people called Charge Around Australia are doing this, and what they're doing is they have these very cost-effective solar panels that you can roll out there. They're in a material-based format. Um, and what they're doing is they're driving a Model 3 around, Tesla Model 3 around Australia to promote, uh, obviously, clean energy and electric vehicles as well. Now, they're using 18 of these long, 18-meter uh, long panels. So 18 of those 18 meters, if you do the math, something in the area of 324 square meters, or roughly, when you put them all together, it's about half the size of a soccer or football field. And as I mentioned to you before, Jeff, when we talked about solar, it's a great idea, but unfortunately, solar cells are still inefficient when it comes to some other modes of energy uh, creation. So you would need a lot of cells, a lot of area to be able to charge a vehicle like a Tesla Model 3. Well, Kenneth, every journey begins with a single step. And it looks like researchers in Australia have uh, started on that uh, road, that journey. Appreciate the time as always, Kenneth. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too. Kenneth Bocour is host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube. And we're back after this here in the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.